welcome to DermCast. I'm Amber Blair, and today I'm sitting with Dr. Jonathan Sobel, President and Chair of the Board of the American Academy of Physician Assistants. Thank you so much for taking the time to come in here. I'm really excited to talk to you today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation. We are talking about something that's extremely important today for physician assistants, OTP. And it's definitely important to get this information out. I don't know that everybody has a clear grasp of what exactly OTP is. Can you help us with that? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. And I, I think you're right. I think a lot of folks are confused to a degree. So it's a great opportunity to help spread that word. So OTP stands for Optimal Team Practice. Essentially what it is is a modernization of PA Practice Acts. So we're looking to do four things with OTP. And this was passed by the American Academy of PA's House of Delegates in 2017. And what it did was it added these four things to our state guidelines for the regulation of PAs, which are suggestions to state legislatures to um, understand how they should both legislate and regulate PAs. So the four things that are involved are a recommitment to practicing in teams with physicians. So that's the first thing. PAs have done this since the get-go. It's what they uh, enjoy doing. And uh, physicians as well enjoy working with PAs. We want to make sure that that model continues. The second thing is uh, to eliminate laws at the legislative level that require PAs to have an agreement with a specific physician. The third thing, and that'll, by the way, that will allow collaboration to occur at the practice level rather than be dictated in statute. The third thing is to um, have self-regulation of our profession because currently uh, the PA profession is regulated, as you know, mostly by medical boards. Some of our states have PA uh, regulatory boards, but for the most part, PAs don't regulate our own profession. We would like to see separate PA boards or medical boards or healing arts boards that encompass um, physicians who work with PAs as well as PAs on that board, giving PAs more of a say and physicians who work with PAs more of a say in the regulation of PAs. And the last part of it is bullet four is um, making sure that PAs receive payment for the care they provide. Now we all work for uh, large employers for the most part nowadays, but why that's important is for attribution of the work and the contributions that PAs are making to healthcare. It's very difficult to do research on outcomes for PAs because PAs can't receive direct payment. It also prohibits some of the unique contract arrangements uh, when PAs can't receive direct payment. So as healthcare innovates and there are staffing companies that provide PAs to institutions, not being able to reassign Medicare benefits is another problem. So that all falls under bullet four. So that's pretty much where we're at with the components of optimal team practice for PA modernization. How do you feel that this will benefit patients? So when barriers to care, or barriers to PAs being able to work are um, broken down, it increases access to care for patients. Okay, patients um, are extremely uh, satisfied with their PAs. We've done um, studies, uh, we had a Harris poll a few years back that showed over 90% of patients love their PAs and like going to PAs. So um, optional team practice will allow more PAs to uh, practice in rural areas. If you think about um, situations where you have a PA and a physician who's very remote, but that physician has uh, supervision requirements tied directly to that PA, what happens when that physician retires or passes away or moves out of the area? you can have underserved populations, our most vulnerable populations, not having access to care any longer if the PA is required to be tied to that uh, specific uh, position. 
Now, this isn't something that is used interchangeably as independent practice, is it? No, absolutely not. Our messaging is clear at APA. OTP is not a call for independent practice. Some of our physician colleagues are choosing to interpret it that way and are um, pushing back in some instances. However, it is very different than independent practice. If you think about it, nobody practices independently anymore. Nobody practices medicine in a vacuum. Everybody refers, everybody collaborates, everybody gets uh, opinions of their colleagues, discusses cases, and this would be no different. PAs will still collaborate with physicians. PAs will still refer to physicians. PAs will work alongside physicians. Practically nothing changes. The only thing that changes is, is that we don't have this uh, administrative barrier um, on paper anymore legislated. So we won't have chart co-signatures, we won't have ratios of PAs to physicians. A lot of the um, things that have been holding back the abilities of PAs to be deployed to areas where they're needed are a problem. And it also eliminates the paperwork infractions. So, you know, you may say, well, you know, the, the government or any other auditor is not going to come in and look at charts, but when they come in on a complaint for something else, they go through everything, okay? And if somebody didn't co-sign a chart or somebody didn't, um, you know, um, document whatever they were supposed to do with regards to that um, paperwork requirement, then there can be fines and possible disciplinary action over something that does absolutely nothing to do with patient care. So um, it's good for physicians because it relieves them from vicarious liability. All right? It makes PAs finally responsible for doing what they do rather than um, having this mindset um, that there's a potential fallback, somebody uh, that could you know, take the heat in this, in this situation. PAs need to be responsible for what we do. We're well-trained providers. Our PA schools are turning out an outstanding product, and we have to make sure that PAs are now understanding responsibility for what they do. And I know most PAs assume that and get that, and that's a very small number, but it's also a perception thing. At this point in time, what progress have individual states made towards achieving optimal team practice? More than half of the state chapters are active on OTP in some way, shape, or form. That takes various different um, ways of looking at it. So some state chapters have formed task forces, some have surveyed members, some it's just around education, and some have actually prepared legislation to introduce in the 2019 session. It's a very fluid situation. It's changing day to day as the individual states are getting their support from AAPA. And we have made both uh, financial and staff support available to state chapters who uh, wish to pursue elements of OTP, as well as those who are working on some of our original six key elements. So our board has dedicated those resources uh, to those state chapters. But again, it's a very fluid situation. We expect that there'll be several states that will introduce legislation this year, but it will be a final product when it occurs right now. It's minute to minute changing. So, but more than half the states are doing something related to those bullets of OTP. That's great to hear, and also a great reminder that it's so important to support your state chapters and your AAPA nationally because you guys are the ones behind the scenes doing everything that we need to support us. Absolutely. It's so important that PAs not only join, get involved, but even more importantly support the PAC at the local state level and the PAC at the AAPA level because this is how we're able to move things through uh, legislatively. So it's an important thing. People should look at it as a, a responsibility that they need to ensure um, the access to care that their patients uh, enjoy today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the 